Live from New York, it's Ask This Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me is Mr. Lady Ada on camera control and all the other stuff that makes this thing happen. An exciting show for you tonight. We're back. Uh, we just did show and tell with Awesome. And I'm gonna do one hour of Ask Engineer. We're gonna talk At about least. what's going on in the maker, hacker, engineering community. Mr. Lady Ada, why don't you tell them what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is New Feathers. You can guess what we are going to be showing off tonight. And don't worry if we run out and we have new to put more in stock. Um, we're going to let this code go a little bit longer. New Feathers. 10% um, of Native Fruit Star, anything that's in stock, use it or lose it. That's your discount code for tonight. We have a bunch of live shows that we do, including Show and Tell. Lady Ada will talk briefly about that. We got some time travel, a bunch of stuff going on. This week, a look around at makers, hackers, artisans, engineers. Help wanted, lots of jobs on the jobs board. The economy is back. Well, at least on the jobs board it is. Main New York City factory footage. We have some scenes and more from here at Adafruit. We've got some 3D printing, and we have one of the best videos we've ever done tonight. Stick around for this. It is phenomenal. Cool. INMPI, where DigiKey and Adafruit look at the latest new products that are out on digikey.com. We have new products. We've got a bunch of top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.at slash Discord. Join all 31,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Yay. OK, so in addition to that code, new feathers, uh, Lady Ada, we're, we, we, we have some uh, an update to the freebies. Uh, we do. What is the tiers? Not okay. the bad tiers, the good tiers. Good tiers. Um, okay, so we've got the $99 or more Promo Proto half-sized breadboard. Uh, it's going to be going on for a couple more weeks. $149 or more, you get a free STEM IQT board, uh, sensors, breakouts, whatever we got in stock. If you make an account, we'll send you a different one each time, so you can collect them all. Very handy. Plug and play. $199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping. And an update for $299. Now you're probably like, oh yeah, it's a Circuit Playground Express. Okay. We changed it because we're, we're getting more SAMD 21s, but we don't have a ton right now. Um, for the next couple of weeks, while we wait to get more Circuit Playground Expresses uh, manufactured, because we're waiting for the SAMD 21s to appear, we do have uh, Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. So we thought, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's swap those in. So at 29 down more, you get a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, uh, which you can use with Arduino or Circuit Python. There is some make code support. Um, there's also some support for other languages as well. It's the NRF52840, which is a, it's just a fairly popular Bluetooth low energy chip. It's got that Circuit Playground feel, but it's got wireless built in and it's low power. So I, I really like this um, Circuit Playground. Uh, you know, I think the Express is, is still you know, my, one of my favorites. But you know, if you want wireless Bluetooth, uh, the, the Circuit Playground Bluefruit is awesome too. Okay, we have a bunch of live shows. We do them every single week. We just did the show and tell, and uh, you, know, you can watch the whole thing, but uh, I'm just gonna say, as someone who is supposed to spot some trends and more, web Bluetooth is happening. We had multiple yeah. demos. We're doing a lot of stuff. And they worked. They worked. Which is cool. And whatever <laughs> the engineers and the makers and the hackers and the artists are doing at night and on weekends is what everyone else is going to do eventually. So this is a really cool way to connect with de devices. Check it out and more. We got demos from a bunch of different people. And uh, it's really cool Yeah, stuff. it's Chrome only, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it'll make it to other browsers soon. I mean. It is the best cross-platform way to have a desktop computer communicate with Bluetooth. There's no yeah. cross-platform desktop Bluetooth. I guess theoretically library. it would work in Microsoft Edge because that's a if it's Chrome. if it's Chromium, yeah, it will work. Okay, on Sundays we do Desk of Lady Ada. Um, 
Oh, you know, I didn't set this little clip to loop, so you have to remember what you did real fast. Okay, so I showed off the KB2040, um, which is a new design um, that we did, you know, I'll show also, and it's not out yet. Um, and that's a board that has, uh, it's pro micro pinout, but it has the uh, RP2040 um, chipset, and so you'll be able to use it with CircuitPython. Uh, and HID support in CircuitPython. And it's got, it's got more power than the 32U4 that most people use. And then, um, so I showed that off, showed off the pretty pins, talked about design, sent the board out. Yeah. And then the next thing we did. Yeah, we had the great search. That's where we look at uh, stuff that you can get actually uh, online uh, from digikey.com and it ships. And this week was? I um, was working on the ST Spin 220 uh, breakout board and it has a current sense resistor that's required. And current sensors are kind of like massive. Um, so I wanted to find like the smallest one within a certain budget. Usually it's like the cheapest, but no, I actually have a size constraint. I found some cool, like weird wide um, 0805 resistors in the 0.2 um, ohm range. And so I think I'm gonna try using that. It needs a new uh, footprint. So I have to design a footprint for that chip. Okay. On Tuesdays, we do JP's product pick of the week. It's a show that broadcasts live from product page. We have a highlight, but if you want to tune in live, you have to just, you have to set a alarm, got to set a calendar item, yeah, and you have to watch it live because we have a discount. You don't have to put in a discount code; it's just it's automatic when you add it to cart. So take it away, JP. It is the 1.69 inch round rectangle display. This is a TFT display, and it has 240 by 280 pixels. And it's a nice tight resolution, 220 pixels per inch. Look, that guy likes rounded corners. We have a couple of ways of hooking this up. You can use the pins here at the bottom, or we've got this little ribbon cable connector, this flex cable connector. And so there will be some upcoming dev boards that will allow us to really nicely and neatly plug that little ribbon connector in. I'm inspired by this to want to mount that on my wrist and make a little miniature baby version of the Pip-Boy. If you were to mount uh, some 3D printed or laser cut electronics around it, you would include a sort of rounded uh, radius corner there. And it's uh, built into the display as well. You can see the pixels don't go all the way to the edge. The round rectangle display. Okay, and don't forget JP's workshop is tomorrow. Uh, JP showed a really neat demo on the show and tell. Uh, with a different uh, clip that I'm going to show you now. So uh, this is kind of fun. This is a uh, cricketized uh, animatronic prop. Yeah, taking that... something off the shelf and then making it controllable, which is a yeah. common thing makers do. Your parts are back ordered until the year 2025. And then we do a segment called Circuit Python Parsec, and you can tune into that each week live, or you can watch it pre-recorded, or you can watch the latest one right now. Yeah,
the CircuitPython Parsec. I want to show you how you can use the Adafruit waveform library to import a sine wave and use that to generate a tone that you can hear. So what you'll see in my downshooter here is I have a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit connected to our little uh, Stemma amplifier and speaker breakout. And when I press the two buttons, I'm going to play different tones. So these are nice, smooth uh, sine waveforms, and the way that those are created is with this code. I import the board for the pin definitions, digital I.O. so I can use the buttons, debouncer to make the buttons even friendlier to use, and then I'm importing audio cores, raw sample, and audio PWM I.O. so that I can output over that audio output pin. And then I'm importing Adafruit waveforms sine. Then I am setting up two sine waves. I have sine wave low, which is created with this sine wave and then a sample rate of 8,000 and a pitch or frequency of 440. Then I take that sine wave that gets created and I essentially turn it into a table or an array. And that's what this raw sample does. Raw sample takes that array and turns it, or takes that waveform, turns it into a sample array. And then I'm doing the same sort of thing again, except this time with a higher pitch, 660. So this is equivalent of an A and an E. And then I set up the audio output on the board's audio out pin. Sometimes that's A0. On this board, it's just called audio. Then I set up my buttons. And then in the main loop, when I press a button, it does this, audio play, sine wave low sample, and then it loops that. So this is essentially a single waveform, and it just keeps looping that over and over again, so it plays constantly. And then when I do that with the high sample, we get the higher pitch. And so that is how you can use Adafruit Waveform to import a sine wave and play it back as a tone inside of CircuitPython. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, and then Friday is deep dive with Scott. Um, follow along on the progress of getting CircuitPython running on a Raspberry Pi. It is rad. Do you like to see Scott suffer, but then also like sometimes be like amazingly successful and happy? It's kind of like watching a, a sword get forged. Yeah. And you just keep folding it, folding it, folding it, and eventually it's so strong it can't break. Okay, let's do some time travel. Okay, here we go. So uh, things are a changing in New York. Everything's opened up. People are having fun. Um, everything's restarting, and that means we get to do a lot of stuff. We covered the Halloween parade. We were there. Yes. We marching it. So, so cool. Yeah. So um, for some of you who watch all of our shows for the holidays, we might be moving some of the shows around. Um, Lady Ada and I like to volunteer for things during Thanksgiving, like food banks and more. Um, if you're in the New York area, Feeding NYC is celebrating 20 years. Um, for folks like us who are good at shipping and uh, kitting, um, you can kit, turkey kits. you can kit turkeys, and then you can ship out the turkeys. And one of the and this uh, feeds uh, families that are in shelters in New York City uh, every single year. So you can also just donate to them. You can also volunteer. There's a lot of things you can do. So we might move the shows around and more. Um, but this is our uh, thing that we do at Adafruit. This is our paid time off for charity form. And if anyone works at a company and anyone wants to add this to the things that they have, uh, we decided if it's a 5013C, anyone can get paid time off for charity. There's a ton of charities. You like to help animals, there's one. You like to help uh, 
feed folks who need a great Thanksgiving meal, there's a charity for and you. And people who volunteer at hospitals. Yeah. Kids hospitals, you name it, there's something that you can do. And so, um, you know, last year we just couldn't do anything because of what was going on with COVID um, as far as like physically doing stuff. Um, we were trying to keep everyone safe here and it, it was it was really tough. Um, and now we have the opportunity to go out and do stuff again. So we're doing it and we hope uh, folks will consider that too. If you were fortunate enough to be one of the people who just got to like work from home and that was, you know, the thing for COVID for you, you just, you know, stayed home a lot. Um, maybe uh, you could pay it forward a little bit and consider doing some stuff over the holidays for the, the people who could really uh, need it and appreciate it. Adabox news. So uh, the rest of the Adaboxes for the fall edition are Shipping. almost out the door. We're pretty much done. Thank you everyone for your patience. It's only a few days after we would have liked it, but with chip shortages and shipping crises around the world, uh, as we've announced, we went to a edition model. So uh, we just did the autumn edition, winter edition's coming up, spring edition after that, and then summer edition. So sign up on adabox.com. We'll have the winter edition coming out. It'll ship January, February, and that gives us a little bit more time and a cushion for all the unexpected things. Um, there's gonna be severe weather. There's gonna be I can't stuff. get parts. There's gonna be <laughs> those things. So, um, so look, uh, but Look, there will be a, there will be an Ada box in the winter. There absolutely will, and this next one I think you're gonna really all of them good, but I think this one is uh, it, it's it has the potential to be our best box. It has yeah. potential. It does okay. Next up, Collins Lab. We do Collins Labs every single week. These short versions are called Collins Labs Notes, and you can watch them Monday, Tuesdays. And sometimes Thursdays and Fridays. Take it away, Colin. Here's uh, the two that I picked this week. When reading microcontroller specs, you'll see multiple types of memory mentioned, namely internal flash memory for data that won't change often. When you upload new code to a chip, that program data is physically stored in flash. There's also external flash memory. That's the disk drive that appears when you plug a CircuitPython device into your computer. RAM is used for data that will change often. Your code's variables are stored here, where they can be quickly changed and reread. A chip's RAM generally accounts for most of its costs. EEPROM is a good place to put data that changes once in a while and needs to be retrievable after cycling the chip's power. For example, custom configuration data or user settings. With these uses in mind, it's easier to compare specs between a board like the Circuit Playground Express and the Metro 328. Carbon dioxide sensors provide an important metric for testing environmental conditions and basic air quality. There are two common types of sensors. A true CO2 sensor, like this SCD30, measures carbon dioxide levels by exposing air to an internal light source and recording how much infrared light of a specific bandwidth passes through. This technique is called non-dispersive infrared sensing. By adjusting which wavelength of light is detected, it can be used to measure the presence of a variety of different gases. The other kind of sensor is an effective or equivalent CO2 sensor, like this CCS811. Note, it is an eCO2 sensor. This one is much less expensive, but attempts to approximate CO2 levels by measuring organic gases. 
It's fine for basic indoor air quality sensing, but you may want to calibrate against a true CO2 sensor to determine if the approximation is good enough. Okay, more time travel. I just wanted to thank DigiKey for sending me a pair of DigiKey socks. Thank you, DigiKey. All right, next up. Um, help wanted. So we have jobs.adafruit.com. You can post your skills, or if you're a company, you can post a job, and you'll probably find someone who you're looking for. I featured um, the job board in the INMPI. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So this week, we have two things. If you want to be an events manager for Hack Club, which is kind of a big deal, um, they uh, have an opening, and then someone is looking for a CircuitPython programmer, which is neat. We're starting to see lots of jobs for that. So do check that out, jobs.adafruit.com. And uh, Lady and I moderate and look at every single one of them. We don't like scams, and we don't like spam, and we respect privacy. We don't like spam scam or scam spams. Right. And uh, that's what we do. And uh, flim flams. It's a little extra work in our life, but it's worth it. Yes. Because we want to have a great place for everyone to post their skills or post their jobs. There we go. It's time for some Python on hardware. So here we go. Uh, this week, some newsletter stuff, and then I'm going to play a video. So I'm just going to quickly go over the news. Raspberry Pi's new OS. Um, this is called Bullseye. Um, it's named after characters in Toy Story. But there is a bunch of features yes. that you can. Yes, and, and things things probably broke a little bit too. They always do. Oh, yeah. So just be be chill, everybody. Um, you know, there's you can always run the older version of the operating system when you do. I mean, I love I love that they release code. I don't ever want them to release uh, new software. However, um, just be aware, we don't get the software any sooner than you do. Um, so if stuff isn't working, just post in the forums or let us know on Discord or open up issues on GitHub and um, we'll do our best to you know get things working and fixed up. It's Linux, so it's always an adventure. Um, mm -hmm. That said, do check it out and uh, let us know if you do find something that uh, stopped working. Okay, uh, Scott was on Tom's hardware and showed some of the Circuit Python on Raspberry Pi. Um, there's a really neat LinkedIn learning course um, that has Circuit Python yeah, specifically. Yeah, um, then you can meet the maker, Liz Clark from Blitz City DIY. It's Liz. That's right. And then uh, ZDNet top programming languages. Um, Python is right up there, um, along with JavaScript, as expected. Um, so you can check that out. It's added uh, Python. That is added 2.3 million developers community in the past 12 months. Hey, guess what? If you learn Python, you can do hardware now. Um, I showed off, this was part of the thing that Scott's working on. Um, I showed off this HDMI e-ink display uh, just because it made it even weirder uh, what we're doing. Um, you know, one of, our, one of our missions is to keep it weird and I hope we're fulfilling that. That's weird. And then um, you can check out the rest of the newsletter. There's a lot of stuff this week. Uh, we're trying to have, we have a goal of like 10,000 subscribers. Um, so check it out on adafruitdaily.com and sign up and if you like it tell friends and all that stuff we don't um, we don't spam it's a separate site all those good things uh, we wouldn't do that so you don't have to worry about it um, isn't it nice to go to a website too like adafruit.com and there isn't this giant pop-up I know there's no like and then your when cookies you, and your and then when you leave the trackings. website there's not some weird automatic email that says hey you have hey, stuff in your cart I miss you so you know there's lots of ways to support companies that do that you don't have you can have an ad blocker on adafruit.com and we don't care yeah it doesn't do anything because it doesn't do anything because yeah. we don't have any ads so um, next up uh, Trevor our lead iOS developer is working on this cool thing called PyLeap um, he's working with our team on this and he has a cool demo, and I'm just going to play it, and that'll be our Python on Hardware News for this week.
Hello, this is Trevor, and I'm here to show you our new app called PyLeap. Uh, PyLeap basically allows you to collect files and libraries from the Adafruit Lens system for specific projects, uh, and then you'll be able to transfer them directly to your Sega Playground Bluefruit board without uh, opening a code editor or connecting to a computer. Right, let's get started. Here we go. First, I'm going to put my Sega Playground Bluefruit into uh, pairing mode for a quick process. There we go. And we should be connected now. There we go. So we're going to pair it to our device. And here we have three example projects set up. The first one is Glide On Over Some Rainbows. So here we're going to download our project. Uh, I'm sorry going to download our um, project bundle here and just like that it's downloaded and here we'll send it over and that's that some beautiful rainbows all right let's try the rest here we're going to do a simple blink example I'm going to download that bundle send it over and here we go our second playground is blinking pink and purple. All right, now let's send over some rainbows to our LED glasses. So let's download our bundle, download it, there we go, and send it over. This should take about five seconds to send over. But when it's done, here we go. No code needed. All pre-written. All right, that's the demo. Thanks for watching. And that's Python on hardware news. Blinka, 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 blinka. Thank you, blinka. Okay, we're an open source hardware company. Oh yeah, um, that's true. We put all our stuff on GitHub. We it's have open source GitHub. licenses. It's available. And we're SPDXing all of our code. We're SPDXing too. everything, oh, and uh, but that's not Take enough. Care. We don't just put up a schematic. No. Um, so we have two thousand five hundred seventy-one guides. Lady Ada, uh, I'm going to start at the uh, the guide. This is. Uh, there was an update because we have some Welcome to CircuitPython. Katni has been doing a big rescrub of the Welcome to CircuitPython guide. Um, you're going to see a lot of updates. Um, this guide is one of the biggest guides that we have on CircuitPython. It's a great introduction. It's a little bit out of date. Um, there's a lot of things that have improved. There's a lot more boards that we support. There's a lot more from you know. There's you know, lots more information, lots more um, modules, lots more software, lots more editors, and ways to edit. Katni's been going through and. Um, doing fixes and updates and typo corrections and, and references um, to keep that updated and you'll see a lot more work. We're also starting to template some of our examples. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, it's a big project, but we're gonna get there. Okay, next up, here's the remaining guides for the week. We have some video for, uh, you saw one already and then we're gonna play another video later. Okay, starting the from the left, we've got from uh, Charlene, uh, she, her friend uh, quit her job and she wanted to make a, a present uh, for her friend, it's a it's a crown with neopixels and a trinket and uh, circuit python, and it has some cool flashing LEDs, and you can customize the text. Um, Isaac has been doing some whippersnapper code. That's our no code IoT system that is free for anybody to use. You can just make an account on Adafruit IO, um, and uh, this one is 
how to use if this then that and Google Sheets to make an action counter. So counting how many times a brake beam has been broken, somebody's gone through a door, somebody's opened something or whatever. Or they put a tester on a shelf. It's a tester on a shelf example, but it can be used for counting anything. And then when it gets over a certain number, it sends you an email. Oh, you know what I can do? Um, I have all those crows now uh, from my uh, crow costume, because now yeah. I have extra crows. Yeah. I can go over and see Isaac and I can put crows on the shelf and I can do counting crows. Counting crows, it's true. All right, Ms. All right. Jones. Okay. Um, uh, so, anyways, so yeah, yeah so any, the, oh, no code uh, using if this and that. Uh, JP did a cool project where he took a Halloween um, doorbell and hacked it to make it do whatever he wanted, play custom MP3s, have the LEDs and eye uh, motion be customized. And I used an RP2040 feather with a cricket. Um, we have a cricket feather wing that make, basically adds robotics to any feather board. It's really easy to use because it does it all over I2C. Yeah. And uh, Noah and Pedro did an epic project with Phil B and Katni making the talking computer prop from a Star Trek animated series uh, with the uh, Kaczynski, Captain, Captain Chuffed of the Kaczynski. I don't remember the exact name of the, the species, but yeah. um, very sad cats. And we'll show you that video. Yeah. Don't forget, go there all the time. And what you do is you go in to the learn system and you grab the information and you put it in your head. And then you're like, oh, I learned a lot. And then you find another guide. And, and there's 2,500 the guides. And, and you put it in. they're all different. Yeah. So those are the guides this week. Uh, let's do some factory footage. And it wouldn't be factory footage uh, unless you saw the Disney headquarters being built across the street. They just put a giant American flag on it, and uh, I have to take a picture of our Lady Ada in front. I think it'd be kind of cool to have this like big it's American flag, flag, and there's like welding going on there and stuff like that. So uh, we'll do that soon. 3D printing. All right. So here's the deal. Here's our meow meow. We're gonna play. I. This is one of the. Uh, I'll say, so one, there's a lot that went into this, but two, this was a great example of a lot of our team all coming together and make something um, magical, amazing, <laughs> and uh, really, uh, I don't want to say obscure, but it's one of those things where it's like, I like this Star Trek animated series, and these depressed cats were just so, these space cats were this so This is one cool. of the funniest yeah. animated series so anyways, episodes. So anyways, take it away, sure. and then we'll do the speed up right after, and uh, we'll see you on the other side.
This build was inspired by an episode of Star Trek, the animated series. It's basically a powerful alien weapon that can change its shape and function. Tell me how to find the total conversion beam. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Fine. Pseudo, tell me how to find the total conversion beam. Twist my witter shins until you reach the null position. Wow. Look at it, human! This weapon may well mean the end of mankind! These particular props are from episode 14. They're called the Total Conversion Weapon and the Talking Computer. Both of these builds feature the Adafruit Feather M4 Express running Circuit Python. This is a really great dev board for projects that need lights and sounds. Much like a sci-fi inspired blaster, it goes pew pew when you press the button. Look! A red dot! Twisting its witter shins won't actually make it change shape, but it does make a distinctive clicking sound. Pressing these buttons sure is fun, and the LED goes blinky along with the funny voices. This is basically a custom soundboard with mechanical key switches. Hidden inside are all its secrets, and if you know how they work, magnets are present to magically keep these halves together. The electronics are cleverly mounted the same in both props. Yeah, hang on a sec, I gotta go use the litter box. Like most of our projects, the code is almost always written in Adafruit CircuitPython. This lovely code was written by that dragon guy. It's got readable comments, which is great for humans. It still blows my mind that these days you can just plug in the dev board and upload files like a USB drive. We worked really hard on this one, and we'd appreciate it if you checked out our learn guide on the Adafruit learning system. It's a Unix system! I know this! We hope this inspires you to check out CircuitPython and the Feather M4 Express. Thanks so much for watching, and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. How long has it been since you were turned off? When I am off, I have no sense of passing time. What is the last thing you remember? We were on a mission. I may not tell you of it unless you know certain code words. Now spell Kazinti. K-Z-I-N-T-I. Alright, and uh, before we go on to Ion MPI, don't forget the code is new feathers, load up your cart.
10% off in Adafruit Store. I'll let the code go a couple days. Um, but you can use it now. Maybe you should, because, uh, you know, it could run out of everything. All right, here we go. Ready? Yes. On MPI. All right, this week's IMPI is brought to you by the letter C and K. Well, it's C and K. C and uh, DigiKey and Adafruit team up, and we show you all the cool new products. DigiKey.com, what is it this week? Okay, so I didn't realize we actually did C and K like a month ago, but uh, I really like this NPI. And here's another thing, because C and K makes a lot of mechatronic things, like, like non-silicon. It's not affected by the silicon shortage, which means it's in stock. And I like to only, uh, if, if possible, only show off um, things that are in stock for INMPI so you can go and purchase them immediately. Um, so this week's INMPI is the MPSR03. These are rugged um, magnetic read uh, sensor switches from CNK. Um, this is kind of a simple thing. It's like, it's a magnetic read switch. Or people are probably like, you sell these. What's the big deal with these? But these are like, like, Cadillac of magnetic read sensor switches. These are like so good. Um, so uh, here's the specs. They're good for like 5 million contact switches or something ridiculous. Um, sorry, 2 million uh, contact uh, operations. They're IP69, which is super nice. Um, they are SPDT, so you get both no normally open and normally closed. Um, they're easy to install. They're basically like um, the magnetic read switches that you know and love, you know, one side has a, a you know, a, a magnetic uh, element, that's the part on the right, that's the magnet, on the left there's a little read switch, it's a, um, a sensor that closes when a sensor, the magnet gets close. Um, and we sell these in the shop and they're sold also, you know, on DigiKey for a couple bucks. Um, and, and these are fine for indoor maker projects, but one of the things that we definitely see a lot is, um, you know, makers are like, I want to build a thing and they get a sensor from Adafruit, and we have a lot, you know, our stuff is low cost and designed to make it really easy for people to get started, but then they actually have to like, go to Burning Man and install it, or make a robot and install it, or they're like, they do it as a job and it's going into, um, you know, an industrial space or a space with a lot of people. Um, over the weekend, we um, bumped into a friend and, uh, you know, their partner worked as a exhibit uh, designer and fabricator yeah. at the Museum of Science um, in Boston and it reminded me that like there's actually nothing that needs to be more rugged than museum exhibits because uh, not only do they have to last for 10 years um, but they have to be you know basically used and abused by uh, young children and and you know teenagers and kids and their parents um, just like breaking stuff and pulling on stuff and that's where um, sensors like this would be really handy. You know, you're never going to get a sensor like this to survive anyone who actually is no. trying to break it for like more than like five seconds. Um, but the rugged one, you know, it's rugged. And so you're going to pay a lot more. Um, but I do want to, you know, and, and people come to us and they're like, why doesn't this $4 switch last forever outside? It's not what it's designed for. If you're no. going to build stuff for outside, for rugged use, for dusty environments, for wet environments, you need to spend more but you're gonna be so happy. And so when I got this sensor, cause I ordered this as a sample. Um, uh, yeah. And it's it's like, it's really nice. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, that's like, if, if, if you said, okay, you know, from five like, feet away, like what is this? I'd be like, I don't know, it's something pretty industrial. It's a, like, like a weapon. This always looks like, you know, the conduit for, uh, Electrical work. Electrical yeah, work so it's flexible. Like yeah, or it looks like the tail from one of the squiddies in the Matrix. Yes, it's just probably what they you know use. So I don't remember. I know it, when it's it's gooseneck when you can 
manipulate it. This is flexible, so it's it's quite flexible. You can move it around, but of course, um, you know, it's it's solid metal and it's it's a little springy too. Um, it's you know waterproof, and then inside um, there's the three wires, and this is just like this massive switch and this massive magnet that goes with it. Um, so yeah, it's like 40 bucks, but um, this is going to last until the end of time. Like this is nearly indestructible. Um, so prototype your project with one of these, you know, you can get these at DigiKey for $4, um, they work fine. Uh, the idea is the same, you know, this switch closes, and this one of course has uh, open and close. But then when you want to install it, please, please, please don't, don't use this like soft kitten-like sensor, which is, which is really needs to be treated quite nicely. No, not the um, kitten sensor. You want the lion. You want like the, the Godzilla of uh, magnetic reed sensors. And so um, this is really, really fun. It's like potted, uh, it's epoxy, it's rated. Solid. Yeah, if you if you if this hit you in the face, you'd be unhappy. It's like this, yeah, it, this, yeah. This it's is like so, it's it's potted metal with an epoxy. That's a unit inside. Um, so it'll survive anything. So uh, yeah, this is what we recommend. So so please please please, um, when you make stuff, whether it's for a museum exhibit, your Burning Man project, your robot, step it up. Get the right thing. Get the right yeah. sensor. You will be really really happy. You might be like, but it's more expensive. Yeah, uh, but how much is your time worth? Do you want to have to go and have to repair it every year, or do you want something that's just going to last for 10, 20, 30 years? Well, all right. Available Boom. on DigiKey. Uh, go get it. And uh, yeah, it's rad. Yeah. I mean, this is check just it like out. A, this is like a beast. Like all a, right. It's like a weapon too. And all that, right. that's this week's on MPI. Okay, we're on a roll. We still have a bunch to go. Uh, Lady Ada, we want to do some new products. That's right. Okay. Um, let's do it. Okay, first up. Okay, so our, our new products this week, they're coming soon, but we'll have them shortly. Some stuff is uh, held up in an airport, but this is uh, fun. So we have this RP2040 trinket, uh, trinky, and um, we designed to be the same size and shape as most of our STEM QT boards. And so you might be like, wow, what if I want to make a custom trinket? Because we made like, you know, a, a you know, rotary encoder trinket, and we made a, um, uh, key trinky and we you know we're gonna make other trinkies but what if you're like i want to make a sensor trinky like you want something with a bme 280 and you want to just plug into your computer and have data come out well um in that case you would want to attach it uh this sensor on and then you can just use your well this is a long cable but you can get the little shorty version of the cable you put the cable like this and now you've got a um what i like to call a no solder solution because you just bolted it on with this little bolt kit um, whatever sensor or device you like onto the uh, STEM IQT friendly um, trinky and you plug this into USB and then you write code for this uh, to spit data out over USB and you've got your little like USB connected sensor. So it solves, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit of the problem, like I call this the um, fidgets issue where it's like, you can get sensor data into a microcontroller but sometimes you just want it into a computer and, and how's the easiest way to do it, uh -huh. so. Let me give you some bolts. Basically, it's a little stacky kit, and of course you can, it, the way it's designed is you can stack multiple ones, because it's got like the standoff. Yeah. 
and the screws and the hex nuts. So this is just the kit, but what it's designed for, and you can use it for other stuff too, but what it's designed for is to stack sensors on top of your RP2040 Trinky to make a custom Trinky. Okay, next up. Next up, we've got an OLED. People love OLEDs, we love OLEDs. Uh, we've been carrying OLEDs for a very long time. Some of our first products were OLEDs. Um, this is a 128 by 128 monochrome OLED um, using the SH1107 chipset. Uh, it connects over I2C over SPI uh, because it does I2C and a lot of people uh, are happy to use I2C. We put StemiQT sense uh, connectors on it. And so you see it running the demo connected to this uh, StemiQT. And this is the Arduino code, but it's also supported in Arduino. Um, you see a little bit of flickering, of course, that's not visible. That's always webcam and webcam. internet stuff. But our community is really smart, but sometimes there's new folks who come along I like there, to say it. And they're it, like, yeah, no, we should always say it. Flicker. We should always say it. It actually doesn't life. flicker with real eyeballs. And I think people use that too now with like, because they're filming TFTs. Yeah, they see stuff, stuff on TV. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we've got uh, support for it. Um, it's about 1.1 inch diagonal. Um, this is the board on it, and uh, you can use it with a breadboard or just plug and play. Um, 128 by 128, it's, we don't have, uh, most OLEDs are 128 by 32 or 128 by 64. So we like this nice big square shape. It could make for a nice watch, for example, could be a yeah. Okay, and the stars of the show tonight, Lady Ada, besides you, our community, our team, our customers, and everybody's hanging out with us tonight is, we got a couple new feathers. New feathers. Okay, so this is twinsy feathers. There's two feathers and they look so similar. So I'm talk about both of them at the same time. Um, because they're basically the same design, but there's like one little thing different. So this is the ESP32 S2 Feather. It's a little bit kind of a year in the making. It took me a little bit of time to, to get this design out, um, but I really wanted to wait until we could get the ESP32 S2 modules, the, the mini modules as shown here, with PS RAM in them. So these, the two feathers here have four megabytes of flash memory and two megabytes of PS RAM. So that's RAMs you can use to buffer data. It's great for CircuitPython. It's great for Arduino because um, the ESP32 S2 chip like just thinks it has two megabytes of RAM. So you can read massive amounts of data or get camera information and, and parse it, or you can um, buffer multiple displays all in RAM. Um, this uh, Feather, um, of course, it features the ESP32 S2 with native USB, which we love because it's a Wi-Fi chipset like the ESP32, but it has native USB so you can have it act like a keyboard or a mouse or a disk drive. Um, you can also program it over USB and do debugging over USB. And with the mini modules, it makes for an adorable feather. You can see everything fits quite nicely and it's exactly feather sized. And we had a little bit of space in the middle. So first up, if you want to add sensors and more, there's a STEMA QT port in the middle sticking up. Uh, so you can see that OLED uh, that we also released this week. Um, pointing, uh, plugged into the center. Um, you can connect sensors, OLEDs, displays, whatever you like. And also there's a version of this feather that has a built-in, uh, here you can see in the center, a BME 280 sensor. That's a barometric pressure, temperature, and humidity sensor. Um, we even have a demo, you know, if you uh, want, you can, um, you know, basically go into deep sleep in between reads to keep the board nice and cool, wake up, get a sensor reading from the sensor, connect to Wi-Fi, send the data to Adafruit IO or wherever you want to send on the internet and then power down. So that would make it perfect for environmental ambient um, uh, sensing, like environmental sensing without having to plug in any extra hardware at all. Um, but it's more expensive. So that's why we have two versions. One is the less expensive 
no BME 280 and one is the more expensive with BME 280. So I thought I would um, show off some of the things on the overhead. So of course it has um, battery support. So let's go to the overhead and I'll show this. Okay, so we've got here, um, this is the one that has the BME 280 sensor. So of course it's got uh, battery support and we tried to make this uh, low power friendly. So for example, there's a transistor um, down here that you can use to turn off power to the I2C port and the onboard sensor. Um, and uh, that way when you go into deep sleep mode, you're, you know, if there's any sensors plugged in, you don't have that quiescent current. Um, so you can get down to, I think, like 40 or 50 microamps uh, of current um, while in sleep mode. There's also a battery monitor here. So this is a very low power battery monitor chip over I2C that will um, give you the battery voltage, but also the percentage. It actually does like tracking of the voltage. So it does like a smart analysis of what the um, battery capacity is or state of charge. Um, this demo is showing reading the temperature, humidity, and uh, barometric pressure off of the BME 280 sensor in the middle there. It's got, you know, the LiPo battery, battery charging, uh, the boot and reset button. Um, so you can go into bootloader mode. I think, yeah, here's a reset button. So you can see here, uh, there's a little NeoPixel. Uh, this is trying to do the bootloader recognition. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do a computer. There's a uh, red LED here. There's a charge LED. Um, uh, 600 milliamp uh, regulator, the AP2112. Um, when we get the, uh, we're going to change over to the RT3080 when we can get those chips, but they're uh, silicon shortage out. So for now, uh, we're using the AP2112 and of course, um, the feather pinout you know and love. So um, I squared C and SPI and UART um, and analog inputs and all the stuff you, you love about uh, the feather format. And we tested it against all of our feathers and it works wonderfully. So if you, that's you know, cool. basically want a feather that's all in one IOT, low power friendly, Arduino friendly, circuit Python friendly, and, uh, you know, of course, STEM IQT uh, plugs in nicely in the center. All I ever wanted, and I like that there's a vertical STEM plug in too. Yeah, well, we were, nice we, like we bought board. those uh, vertical plugs yeah. and Fab was like, when are we going to use them? I'm like, soon, soon. Yeah. Um, but I just really love the little mini version of the ESP32 S2 module. Um, because it means we had that extra space in the center for uh, sensor, you know, optional sensor and STEM IQT. Yeah. Um, so check this out. We are going to be making tons of these. Uh, they're going to be really popular for sure. And we have a couple of variants also of the ESP32 S2 Feather. But having the PS RAM is key, especially for CircuitPython. You really need that extra two megabytes um, to be able to read data from the internet, parse it, and, and do graphic stuff if you need to as well. So I think it's worth the wait. All right. Well, if you want to support Adafruit, uh, a woman-owned manufacturing company in New York City, I think we're the only one. Um, you can do it. Just pick up something, but save a buck or two. Not only can you get 10% off, but load up your cart with stuff and you get free stuff. Okay. Let's do, uh, y'all can put some questions in Discord. Please keep in Discord. Um, yeah, Discord. come by the, the live broadcast We're chat. We're going to do some top secret lady data. Lots of top we'll, secrets. we'll bounce over to the questions. All right, so top secret is, uh, there's a lot this week. There's a lot. Okay, so first up, um, we showed off two new products, and then uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that video, and then we're going to show some stills of the uh, pink um, keyboard 
board. KB2040. And, and then, yeah, so I'll see you on the other side of this and we're gonna do a couple other things. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Okay, there's a couple products I'm testing out here at once. Uh, two new fab new products this week. So I've got this uh, really cute, about like one inch uh, diagonal 128 by 128 monochrome OLED. Yeah, it looks flickery, but of course in person it doesn't. Yep. And um, this is plugged into the new Feather ESP32 S2 with PS RAM. Um, and I'm just testing out the I2C connection. It's got a stomach QT that's vertical, popping right off the top here. Battery power uh, with Wi-Fi and ESP32 S2, so it's Arduino and CircuitPython. And um, this version also has a little sensor, the BME280, one of my favorite temperature, humidity, barometric pressure sensors um, on the board. This is going to be a variant of this feather. Um, not all feathers will come with it because it's a little more expensive that way. Um, but you can see it's kind of nice. It's displaying temperature, pressure, humidity, and uh, the battery voltage and percentage uh, off this feather. Nice demo. All right, lady, what is this? Um, okay, this is a new design for a... Um, four LED arcade I2C breakout. So um, it's got plugs for um, connecting our, you know, quick connects to um, LED arcade buttons. These are buttons that are, you know, they're switches, but they also have um, an LED element in them. And uh, it's over stem IQT and there's a little boost converter so you can, you know, use it with five volt um, uh, uh, LED buttons because some of them have the two versus two LEDs in series, so like two volts each, so it's you need, you need a five volt power supply. Um, and this is over um, Stemic QT, so hopefully coming soon. I like to um, get more of those like user uh, user interface Stemic QT boards out. Okay, and then part of our keyboards. Where's my pig? Um, There's a pig. Project we're doing. So uh, you assembled one. We did a time lapse with a little bit of music. I'm going to show that, and then we'll we'll go to the board itself. cool is that wasn't a time lapse that was actually how fast Lamar moves zoom, so zoom, 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 zoom. this is the board um, it's a keyboard and we want to make the best keyboard pro micro board um, we have some uh, pinout stuff that we have and uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what this board is yeah so this is designed for you know we went, we did a lot of work with the macro pad on getting really good HID keyboard matrix scanning and, and keyboard um, interrupt support into um, CircuitPython and um, people really like making keyboards with the RP2040 and the Pico. We wanted a board that people could use with existing designs, a lot of existing keyboard projects. Um, use a Pro Micro, which is a 32U4 based pinout. Um, so we kind of looked at the 32U4, we looked at the Elite C and the Pro Micro, we looked at SparkFun's RP2040 board and we're like, what would be a really good CircuitPython 
um, development boards for people who want to do CircuitPython HID keyboards. Um, right now there isn't um, QMK support for the RP2040. I did see there's a there's an issue, but like, you know, I, I, I don't know when it's gonna happen. However, CircuitPython keyboard support's really good and there's QMK, which is a CircuitPython port of, of sorry, there's KMK, the CircuitPython port of QMK, um, if you want to uh, use an existing like structure system. And I think also with our concurrency stuff that we're working on, uh, it'll be better and better for people who want to do keyboard projects with the RP2040. So um, given we're doing all this keyboard stuff, I thought oh, let's throw in um, a keyboard design. Um, and uh, I think one of the things that I did, which is kind of neat, is um, I added the uh, jumper on the bottom for USB power to five volts. That's kind of like from the Elite C. And I liked uh, bringing up the D plus and D minus pads because I think there's a lot of times where you're like the USB port is not in the right place um, and you want to like get that data elsewhere. And so um, if you, you know, it has a, a USB type C port. If you don't want to use that port, you can always uh, wire up a port elsewhere. Okay, and then uh, we've been posting these on the socials. We've got pink feathers. Yes, so you're probably wondering what's this all about? Um, this is going to be a special thing that's coming out in a couple weeks. So they're not available yet. Uh, we're going to fabricate them and test them. Um, and we're going to do a special event with these uh, pink feathers. We made a thousand of them. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, could be some sort of giveaway type thing. Who uh, with knows? With pink feathers. You've got to stay tuned. You have plenty of time to um, dye your hair pink. And then last up, uh, here's a preview of a new board we're working on. All right, Lady Data, what is this? Hey, I put together another prototype today. This is the Feather ESP32-S2 with a TFT on top. So it's like you can plug into a breadboard, and this is the um, top side with a TFT, SMQT connector here. You can like plug stuff into, like pluggy pluggy. Battery, uh, the boot and reset buttons, uh, USB, NeoPixel, and LEDs. And on the bottom is where you see the ESP32-S2 mini um, NR4, basically it's got built-in four megabytes of flash, two megabytes of PS RAM, um, battery monitor. I installed a BME 280, got all the power stuff uh, and some nice labels, but basically it's just kind of a, a feather shape and size, but it's got a 240 by 135 uh, color TFT on the top. And uh, what's nice is that it fits perfectly and still has clearance for the antenna, so the antenna isn't blocked. Isn't that nice? Cool. In the store soon. Anything else you want to say about that board? It's not out yet. Don't ask. That <laughs> is top secret for the week. All right, let's get to some questions. Yeah, we got, so we got a so couple minutes. Loading up the questions. Yeah, we got to get out of here in a little bit. So, yes. Uh, put yeah, them in Discord. I'm doing them only in Discord tonight. For Discord, and let's answer your questions here. We go. Okay, you ready, Lady Ada? Yes, hit me. All right, so the first question is, can the new ESP32 Feather be used as a coprocessor? Also, is it possible to control it via I2C or just SPI? Um, so the Feather is an ESP32-S2, which is different than the classic ESP32. Um, could you control it over I2C SPI? You could, but if you really want it as a Wi-Fi coprocessor, honestly, you should just stick to the airlift. Um, the firmware works, it's really solid. I would not necessarily, I mean, yeah, eventually somebody should port it to the ESP32-S2, but I would stick to the ESP32 for now, unless, if you're making something with 10,000 of them, maybe it's worth changing, you save a couple cents here and there. Otherwise, uh, the ESP32 does a great job. Next up. 
how long would the average LiPo battery last on the new Feather S2? That question means nothing, and I'm not going to take that bait. There's no such thing as an average battery or oh. average current usage. You have to um, you know, maybe pick up a Nordic PPK, measure your current usage for what you're doing. It really matters what size the battery and your current draw, how much time you're connected to the internet, how often you get to the internet, what sensors you have, what displays. So there's no, there's no one answer. So what you're saying is like a few hours? No um, comment. So a uh, question for the show. You recently shared that you tried PCB Way for some different color PCBs. Can you share how your experience was with PCB Way and other tips on the options to choose like board thickness, etc.? Yeah, the pink PCBs are from PCB Way because it's a standard color. Now I've gotten custom colors before. You can do that from any board house, but usually you have to buy a lot of PCBs and it takes a long time. So the PCB way didn't take a long time. It took like two weeks to get these PCBs. I think I ordered them a little bit before November 1st. Um, so they were in fab for about a week and a half. They took about a half a week or a week to get here. Um, I ordered standard thickness. It seemed to be okay. They did the right thing with the, the scoring. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's not as cheap as, you know, uh, non-advanced. Like you, you have to pay more for the pink. It takes a little bit longer, but it still was way cheaper and faster than custom colors. Okay, next up, um, when you use the little heat plate things, why do you use a fan near them? Cool it down, because it's a heater, not a cooler, but I want to cool it down so I can, uh, first of all, I don't want to cook the boards, or the component's too long, and second, I want to get the board off there so I can use it. People like two things tonight. They like, uh, actually, they, they like more than two things. They like the they like you. pink PCBs. No, no, things, things, we're people. They like the pig, and they also like the board that has a... TFT display and a vertical stomach. It's the only thing way I could fit it. And yeah. it's, it's standard feather sized. All right. Uh, let's see. I can get TFTs uh, or chips or anything, but now I can uh, finally get them. Oh, this one's a fun one because the answer is yes. Any plans for more trinkets? Yes. I'm kind of obsessed with the form more factor and doing trinkies. my first tiny device prototype with a trinket M0, which was super fun. Yeah, we have tons on trinkie, the way. Trinkie, trinkie, trinkie. Okay. Uh, plus one to the Nordic PPK. Yeah, it's a good thing to get. Uh, Darian got a current ranger um, and he used for the deep sleep stuff. So you just need something. You need something. You need something, and a multimeter is not good and, enough. And uh, stop I using think, multimeters. Uh, oh, cool! And then uh, in the chat, five six zero is uh, posting some of the things that they may want to see on um, uh, various trinkets. I like the idea of the constraint of the size, and you can do lots of things. And they're also like single serving. Like we have, um, we want to do these limited edition trinkies. Um, you know, like it would. Uh, be like a Nixie tube thing or like there is atomic clock version. There's a lot of things that we that we have planned. And I think, I think, I think, I think we may be finished with questions. Uh, those are all the questions in Discord, so I'm gonna call it. It's nine o'clock exactly on the dot. That's what we do. Thanks, All right, everybody. so that's the show for tonight. Don't forget the code is new feather. We'll be here next week. We'll be here next week, like always. Um, but we'll let everyone know about the stuff. Uh, if we move the shows around because of uh, volunteer work or because of holidays or whatever, we'll, uh, we'll let you know. But we'll do the shows no matter what. It just might be a different day and different time. Um, special thanks to Jesse May behind the scenes. Thank you, Jesse May. Um, in the Slack chat, special thanks to all of our teams and more, all of our customers, all of our community, and everyone who's been helping us, keeping us going, because this has been hard. Um, in the background tonight, I'm going to just do a thing. So that this is a cart. Can you show off a cart? So 
That is the Adafruit cart. Lamar got this for $20 in Boston, and it has Somerville. moved. It has moved Adafruit, <laughs> has moved us everywhere, except for when we got to, you know, kind of bigger Adafruit here. But I moved Adafruit from. This is the sacred um, cart. Yeah. Holy cart. And, uh, you know, there's something about the cart that I think is. Uh, it's like a Dorian Gray. I, no, it's not Dorian Gray. Cause, uh, that's Maybe a, you're the Dorian the, Gray the, of the cart. The, Maybe the now, <laughs> so the, the cart could hold a lot. And, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes they put too much stuff in the cart and the, the wheel started to bend. Um, and so you have to be careful on how much you put in your cart um, because your wheels can bend, but you probably don't want them to break. Um, and I bent the wheels back and it's a little wobbly and I'm a little wobbly, but we're both still here. And uh, when people ask, what's the most important thing when you start a business, I think I'm going to say, get a really good cart. A cart and a thermal printer. I think I'm going to say that. Um, and a laser jet four. So that's our show for tonight. Um, don't put too much stuff in your cart. You can bend your wheels, but you can bend them back. But eventually, it's like you eventually can't bend they them back break. anymore. Yeah. So that's our show. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks so much. Here Thanks, is um, your moment of Zener. <laughs>